we preach mostly to individuals when we preach. Most of my sermons are directed at you as an individual to benefit you, to uh, move you into a better position in your walk with God. But as we discussed in our Discover Purpose class at 10 a.m. on Sundays, that is our membership course, one of the privileges about coming to HPPC is that you get to be part of something that's bigger than just yourself. Anybody feel like that, like you're part of something bigger? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're part of this church, you are part of something bigger. It's called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm going to be doing something different. I may not be preaching to you as an individual, but I'm going to be preaching to us as a church. Is that okay? Hallelujah. There's times in the scriptures where it was needed to speak to the, to the people as individuals. Then there are times when they needed to speak to the church as a whole. Today, I hope to preach to HPPC. I couldn't preach this at any other church. I'm hoping to preach to HPPC. I'm hoping you're going to be with me today. Amen. Hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 9. We're going to read at verse 16, 17. uh, And then we're going to skip over to, uh, or not skip any, but go to uh, chapter 10. So Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 16. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Everybody cheated and just looked at the screen and said amen, and that's all right. Praise God. Uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 16, that's why they're up there. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want you to be able to see it for yourself. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they shall be as the stones of a crown, lifted up as an ensign upon his land. For how great is his goodness. How great is his goodness here today. And how great is his beauty. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like the Lord's shown how great his beauty is in this place. Uh, This last portion, he says, Corn shall make the young men cheerful and new wine the maidens. So th- this, is, this is him prophesying, and we're going to break this down. I'm going to give you this historical context. We're going to talk about it all. But he's, he's offering them a prophecy of prosperity, a prophecy of abundance. He says, corn shall make your young men cheerful, and new wine the maids. Now often... We sometimes forget that the chapters and the verses in our Bibles were not there to begin with. They were added later to help us to memorize Scripture, to locate Scriptures quickly, and all of that. But if we read Zechariah in the correct way, it would be just one flowing letter. So when we read the next verse, which is actually Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1... We have to connect it to Zechariah chapter 9, because starting at verse 2, it starts a whole new train of thought. So what he's doing here is he is continuing the thought on the corn that makes the young men cheerful and the new wine 
making the maids cheerful. And he says in Zechariah 10 and 1, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. Now he's saying this is because he's saying you're going to have an abundance of corn and wine, grape juice, and all of this. He says, so you're going to need the rain. I believe we need the rain here today. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe we need the rain. So this morning, it's going to take me a while to get to my sermon, truly, but I'd like to preach to you today on not singing in the rain, but praying in the rain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Ask that he just speak to us and minister to our hearts and minds. Lord God, we're so thankful for the move of your spirit in this place. I pray that you would strengthen my body, my voice, Lord, that I would be able to communicate this the way that you've given it to me. Oh, I pray, Lord, let your spirit flow freely. Let the rain of God be poured out, even in this place. Let there be a witness of your spirit that, Lord, you're wanting to do something miraculous here at HPPC. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, would you clap your hands and worship him again? Oh, yes, Lord God, I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you this morning to try to have patience with me. There is a little bit of a story that needs to be told today for us to truly understand the context of these scriptures. You see, in your Bible, There are many prophets, uh, major, minor prophets. They weren't minor because they were short of stature. Uh, They were minor because their books were just smaller. That's the only reason why we call them minor prophets. And uh, uh, so these prophets, you'll read uh, a constant theme through the prophets, through Ezra, through Nehemiah. Many of the Old Testament prophets spoke specifically about this certain timeline of the uh, nation of Israel coming back into Jerusalem after their exile, rebuilding the temple and uh, restoring Jerusalem to its previous state. Zechariah is one of them. In fact, Zechariah chapter 1 through 8 and the book of Haggai in your Bible, they are actually considered by scholars that they should be one. They were written by different authors, but they are essentially the same book. They're talking about the same timeline, and as we'll talk about later on, they were given at the same time in history. So they denote this timeline when, as many of us know, Nebuchadnezzar came into Jerusalem took the Jews in exile, took them to Babylon. For many years they were there until God allowed them and opened up doors for them to return back into Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Hallelujah. 
They were brought back in to rebuild the temple. Haggai and Zechariah were instrumental in helping them to rebuild the temple. Uh, Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. Of course, I would go to my next passage of Scripture while Brother Kavan is coming and bringing me the tablet. Hallelujah. How about we give Brother Kavan a hand? Doesn't he do a lot around here? We're thankful for him. I tell you what, I don't know. Praise God. There'd be a whole lot less getting done around here without him. So I am thankful for him. Uh, But Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14, it says, And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they builded and finished the temple according to the commandment of God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes king of Persia. So what this scripture is telling us is that they rebuilt the temple and it was essentially because of the direction, the vision, and the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah. The the passage of scripture we just read is a part of that. Without their prophesying, their vision, their preaching, their word, it would not have been done, at least not done uh, at that time. You see, the temple, they struggled to rebuild the temple. Where Nehemiah, he rebuilt the wall all around Jerusalem in days, it took them 46 years to rebuild the temple. And the reason is because they kept getting sidetracked. They got discouraged when they began to rebuild. And they noticed that the foundation was not as glorious as they remembered it in their minds. They remembered it being greater, more grand, more tall, wide, shining a little bit brighter. It caused them to become discouraged. It hindered the work with God of God. Oh, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, we can't let discouragement hinder the work of God. Amen. I know sometimes we walk in the church and we look around and we say, where is this person? Where is that person? Why aren't we blowing up yet, pastor? Why aren't we this or that? Let me tell you something. Don't let discouragement stop you from keeping your vision on the end game. That is building a church for the kingdom of God and seeing souls make it into heaven. Come on now. Isn't that still the goal? Praise God. Oh, but pastor, the music could be better. Hey, we know that. (laughs) We know things could get better. Guess what? We're working on it. Hallelujah. And we're making it happen. Hallelujah. We've got all these Sunday school kids wanting to come up here and play and sing. It's going to take a while for us to teach them. But that's all right. If we got to raise them up from a young age, we'll go ahead and do that because we're going to keep moving forward. Hallelujah. Let's not be discouraged in the building. Not only were they discouraged, they were also distracted. Haggai 1 and 2 says this. People say the time is not come. The time that the Lord's house 
should be built. It's just not time for me to really commit to the house of God just yet. Oh, man. I thought this was going to be good. And then, then, then I started preaching on stuff. Hallelujah. But they said, it's just not time yet for me to commit myself to the rebuild of the temple. It's just not time yet for us to do that. Hey, yeah, he began to rebuke them. He said in verse 4, is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie in waste? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. What he's trying to say is your house is being rebuilt. It's beautiful and great. There's nothing wrong with that. But how dare we have beautiful houses when the temple of the Lord is falling apart? Hallelujah. What he's trying to say is look in your heart and ask yourself, are you distracted? Because the temple needs to be built. And if you aren't distracted, it's going to make it hard. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Have you ever thought to yourself, Well, not now. One day I'll commit. One day I'll go. One day I'll support. One day, oh, tell me, uh, I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, one day it's all going to be done away with. And we're getting closer and closer to that. And I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm just simply trying to say, Hallelujah, we got to pinpoint the distraction and say, man, we got to get that out of the way and let's see a move of God and let's rebuild the temple. Let's build the church. Let's see God do something great in Martin County. Would you clap your hands if you believe in that? Hallelujah, Jesus. And third, they were discouraged, they were distracted, and then they were opposed by the enemy. Opposition caused them to stop work on the temple. The, the Ezra 4.24 says, Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. This is because their opposers sent a letter to the king with false accusations against them, claiming that they were doing things they were not doing. And so the first moment and sign of trouble, they said, oh, you know what? I got to back away. Let's let's wait on the temple just right now. There there are some people who don't want us to do this. We might get in trouble. We might not, but we might get in trouble. Let's just back away a little bit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. We will always be opposed when we're doing the Lord's work and the Lord's will. Hallelujah. Opposition is the name of the game. Hallelujah. But we're also promised that if you submit yourself unto the Lord and resist the devil, that he will flee from you. Let's not allow opposition to distract us. Oh, praise God. Can I testify for a moment? Over the last year, we've been under the threat of this city trying to shut us down in this place. Some of you know this. Some of you don't. 
Hallelujah. They did not like that we were in this building for some reason. We don't even know why. Uh, everybody said somebody was out to get us. Even the real estate agency, they said, somebody's out to get you, Pastor. I don't know who it is. We still haven't pinpointed it. But somebody didn't like that we were having services here. Somebody didn't like that God blessed us with a 7,100-square-foot building to rejoice and to worship in. It cost us money. We weren't sure how we were going to make it. We had to hire architects. We had to pay fees. We had to do all this stuff. Oh, but can I tell you, all that's now settled down. And I believe we got the victory over it. And we're just going to move on forward in the name of God. Why? Hallelujah. Because when you're doing something for God, you better expect there will be opposition. But you also know you got the Lord on your side. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I've decided we're not going to hold off on our work anymore. Praise God. The the opposers, they stopped us for a while. But today I'm like Zechariah telling you, it's time to build and it's time to finish the house of the Lord. Praise God. It's time to build. It's time to finish. It's time to move forward. It's time to do what God has called us to do in this place. Oh, if you agree, would you stand to your feet right now and begin to tell the Lord, we're ready. It's time. No more distraction. No more discouragement. No more opposition in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. Let me tell you, we're not alone in our burden. We're not alone in our vision. Zechariah and Haggai had a, had a, a, a big job to do. They had to try to light a fire back under the Jews to rebuild the temple. But they began to proclaim the will of the Lord. Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. And here it is. My house shall be built in it. Oh, I feel like I have a word from the Lord today. I feel like Zechariah and Haggai. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, I feel like God is saying, my house shall be built in the city of Stewart. My house shall be built in Martin County. My house shall be built. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I am building a church. Isn't that what Jesus said? Hallelujah. I am building a church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on. Do we believe that or don't we? Do we believe that if we are truly following after God's will, not allowing ourselves to be distracted, or discouraged, or 
put in fear by opposing enemy. If we keep our eyes on the prize and keep on working, that God's word will come to pass and he will build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail and none of the devil's tricks will prevail and nothing Satan tries to do will prevail and nothing our opposers in the city of Stewart will do will prevail because the Lord is building a church Oh, praise God. Somebody shout and say, his house shall be built. Oh, praise. I felt the Holy Ghost. How about we shout it again? His house shall be built. Let me tell you, he is building his church. Y'all with me? He is building his church. We've had the best three months HPPC has ever had. In the last three months, if you could throw up that slide, Brother Kavon. The last three months, we've had 33 first-time guests walk through our doors. Hallelujah. We have not had a single week Without a first-time guest. Not a single week. Actually, this may be our first week. Hallelujah. But between December, January, and February, we did not have a single week without a first-time guest. Let me tell you, that's significant. And then you may be looking around saying, well, Pastor, we could do this, we could do that. But I tell you what, this is significant. These are testimonies of what the Lord is doing in this place. And I know many of you have heard all of this already, but we should still rejoice over it, right? In three months, we've had nine get baptized in the name of Jesus We've had two receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues for the first time. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, those are successes in the kingdom of God. People are being born again of the water and of the Spirit. That's something to shout about. That's something to rejoice God over. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. In the last three months, we've had an average attendance, a weekly average attendance of 40. I told my wife, I can officially say that we have a church of 40. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, So put this in comparison. Last year, 2021, of course, we were dealing with COVID and all that, but our average weekly attendance was 32. In the last three months, It's gone from 32 to 40. That is significant. And I know you look around, you say, well, you know, why don't we have this person here, that person here? Why aren't, let me tell you, this is still a great crowd. Hallelujah. But why aren't we seeing it consistent? We are, brothers and sisters. We've had two Sundays just this year with over 48 in attendance. Hallelujah. That is significant. And I'm not trying to suggest it's all about the numbers. But as I said on Monday, if you say God doesn't care about the numbers, well, there's an entire book in the Bible called Numbers. (laughs) I think God does care about the numbers. 
And when he says, I will build my church, that word church, it means a gathering of people. He literally meant, I'm going to gather more and more people to worship me, to call on my name. That's what we're doing here. We're getting a gathering of people to encourage one another, to love on one another, to worship God together, to preach. I think this is worthwhile here today. Beyond all of these, we also in the last three months started two new successful ministries. We are so thankful for Brother Ed and all of his efforts with the House of Hope. In just two weeks, we've had 234 pounds of food and toiletries donated to the House of Hope. I know to some large churches that's nothing but for us. That's significant and we should worship God and praise God that he's been able to use us and Brother Ed to move that ministry forward. We've had our first youth night in February. Our first youth night and we had nine in attendance. I tell you that's significant. Which, by the way, this Friday we have another youth night. If you know of anybody between 10 and 20, they're invited to come. We're doing Nintendo night. All the kids are super excited. We're just going to set up video games. They're going to be playing Mario. And we're going to have tournaments and stuff like that. He said, well, Pastor, what's that got to do with, with God? I'll tell you what that has to do with God. Hallelujah. Because we want to create an environment where they can connect to one another. They get preaching every Sunday. They get preaching every Wednesday. You want your kids to be in church, bring them to church. Praise God. And we'll do youth nights where we have church services and prayer meetings and all that. But what we're trying to do is build a community for the young people to come and connect and be in the presence of one another so that they can grow in their walk with God. I think that this is significant. This is important. Hallelujah. I am rejoicing over this report today. I think we ought to rejoice for a moment and say thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing at HPPC. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So he is building the church. Amen. After 46 years, they finished the temple. And I know that there is no scripture given for private interpretation. But when I read this, I felt like God put it in my spirit that it was prophetic for this church. There's a lot I'm going to tell you today. Vision that God has given me. Burden that I believe that God has given me for me to pass on to you today. They finished the temple on March 12th, 515 B.C. If you do the math, that's Saturday. That means 2,537 years ago on Saturday, they finished building the temple. We're almost there to the day that they built the temple. I felt God put that as a prophetic word in my heart and say, hallelujah, I want you to tell the church, I am building my church. I have laid a foundation. And you can consider this part of your history as finished, as, oh, praise the 
Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And I felt like God saying, hallelujah, I've laid a foundation for this church. I have accomplished the beginning phase of what I'm doing in Stewart, Florida. Hallelujah. He told me, he said, Aaron, I've laid a foundation. And upon that foundation, HPPC is going to rise. He said, you've got now a team that I'm going to use to move my spirit and my word in this city. You've got facilities that I can fit all of the people I'm going to bring. You've got preachers who can stand behind the pulpit and say, thus saith the Lord. You've got the truth of the word of God and nothing will hinder the truth. And most importantly, you've got my spirit and my spirit will not be hindered. But I've got a plan to prosper HPPC and move us into a phase of growth that we've never seen before. Oh, and maybe you're just not getting it yet. But what I'm saying is God has done such a great work in this place. And he's accomplished so much. He says, I am, this is the time that I've laid the foundation. But he's also said, there's more that I'm going to do at HPPC. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, and some of you, we've got so many new people in this church. I love you. Thank you for being here and making HPPC your home. Those of you who've been here for a number of years, you're shouting a little louder today because you know what it's been like. And you know how we've struggled. And you know how we fought. And you know how we've preached. Hallelujah, we had two get baptized in one year and two get the Holy Ghost one year. The whole year, that's all we had. And, and we had barely any visitors, maybe 30 visitors come in one year. And, and we've struggled and we fought and it seemed like we did everything we could just to stay alive. Let me tell you, we're not doing everything we could have to do just to stay alive. We're starting to thrive and God's blessing is on this church and God's doing great things. He's pouring out His Spirit. He's moving and people to be baptized. Lives are being changed. Hallelujah. It's because when it's God's timing for it to happen, nothing will hinder him. He's going to pour out the rain. Hallelujah. The rains will come and there's nothing that we could do to stop it. Several times I had people come to me during district conference just a couple weeks ago and ask me, how's the church doing? Of course, I... I'm working on trying to stay humble. It's a constant battle. When God's been this good, it's a constant battle. I just, oh, you know what? All I could say is God's making it happen. Hallelujah. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. God's making it happen. Hallelujah. And all I can think of is Zechariah's word. The Lord will build. <laughs> 
The Lord will build a house of the Lord in Stewart, Florida. The Lord is making it happen. How about you say that right now? The Lord is making it happen. We tried. I personally knocked on almost every door in Martin County. Didn't have one single person come to church over it. I tried, I struggled, I prayed, I fasted, I did everything I thought I was supposed to do to no avail. It wasn't God's time. Hallelujah. Now is the Lord's time. And I say that, and I don't need to, need to be prophetic or anything like that. You can see it. It's the Lord's time. It's God's time for us to see souls saved. It's God's time for us to move forward in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, it's God's time. Hallelujah. It's God's time. It is believed that the book of Haggai and Zechariah, specifically Zechariah chapter 1 through 8, are actually speeches that these men gave during the dedication of the rebuilding of the temple. They stood and proclaimed in Ezra 6.15, the house is finished. They did their dedication. They offered their offering, their sin offering, and and all the offerings to, to bless the house. Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 1 through 8 gave many testimonies of how God would fulfill his promise to the nation of Israel. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 22, he even proclaimed and said, Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. It's possible at this moment that he's the first time he's spoken these words. He's standing there at the Temple Mount, newly built, still has the smell of paint. (laughs) He's looking around at the rest of Jerusalem. The walls are still torn down. The houses are still in shambles. But he's able to confidently stand there and say, Hallelujah. This is a place where the Lord will move hosts to come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. I'm not here to try to claim that HPPC is perfect. I'm not here to try to claim that we've got everything together. But man, I feel like standing in the midst and saying, the Lord has blessed us. And this is the place where people will come from all over to feel the presence of God and to seek the Lord. He could stand there with the testimony of God and proclaim all that the Lord had done in Jerusalem. There was so much for him to talk about. He talked about the walls. He talked about their struggles. It was a victorious Moment. I feel like we're having one of those victorious moments here today where we're recognizing what the Lord is doing in this house. But then Zechariah took it a step further. I kept emphasizing that Zechariah chapter 1 through 8, it is believed to be what he spoke there at that dedication. Chapters 9 through 14, however, is a mystery to scholars. Many of them do not know where Zechariah gave these words. 
why he said these words. In chapter 9 through 14, it's like Zechariah just all of a sudden changed his tone. 1 through 8, he was giving historical context. He was given specific instances of things that were occurring in that day. In chapter 9, it was like it all changed. It all shifted. Now he's starting to sound almost like a madman. Now he's claiming things and prophesying things that had nothing to do with Jerusalem. It seemed to far surpass the victorious feeling that they had at the Temple Mount that day. Some claim maybe he wrote it many years later. I'll be honest, I believe he still stood there at that Temple Mount and said chapter 9 verse through 14. But he expounded it. He let them know, yes, the Lord has poured out his spirit. Yes, the temple has been built. But let me also proclaim to you that in the midst of our prosperity and in the midst of the rain and in the midst of the blessing of God, let us not get content, but in the day of the latter rain. And when God is pouring out his spirit, let us make sure to get right back on the horse and begin to pray again for rain. What he's trying to say is don't be content. You got the temple. But even though God's pouring out his blessing, you can have more. Even though God's pouring out his rain, you can have more rain. Even though God is pouring out the corn and the wine, if you pray, the Lord will pour out even more. So I'm here to tell you, yes, the Lord has blessed HPPC, but it's just the beginning. We got to pray in the time of the latter rain oh yes God if you could throw up Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1 ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain now the reason why a lot of you this is just flowing right off of you because you're saying we've not felt the blessing we've had this happening that happening look I'm sorry and I care about your needs, and I'm sorry you're having a, a hard time. But right now, we got to see this as a church. As a church, God's doing things. As a church, we're moving forward. As a church, God is blessing us. Hallelujah. And I'm asking you, church, that right now in the midst of our blessing, and right now in the midst of the rain, that we would revisit the prayer room again, and we would drop to our knees again, and we would call on the Lord again and say, I know you're blessing, but God, we want more blessing. I know you're pouring out your spirit, but God, we want more of, a, of your spirit. I know you're raining, but God, we want a flood of rain in St. Lucie County and Martin County in the time of rain, time of the latter rain. There's two seasons of rain in Israel, the former rain and the latter rain. Again, Almost as if this is prophetic. The latter rain, which was considered to be the greater rain. It, it had greater showers. 
it was to fully allow the crops to germinate so that they could be harvested. That latter rain was essential. And that latter rain occurred at springtime around March and April. Hallelujah. Again, I'm not trying to claim that this is written because it's prophetic to us. I'm trying to tell you I believe God gave me this sermon today because God wants us to know this is the time. This is the time of the latter rain. He's trying to communicate all those prayers that you've prayed about the church growing. He's saying, this is it. Oh, man, I guess I'm the only one excited about that. All those days and weeks you've been fasting and you fasted in 2021, he says, this is it. It's the time of the latter rain. Oh, but brothers and sisters, in the rain, we got to pray. In the rain, we got to go back to the prayer room and say, God, send more rain. That's why we're going into March Impact tomorrow. It's because tomorrow we go in saying, God is blessed. God has moved. God is doing great things. But I want more. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody want more in this place? Come on, anybody want more in this place? You want to see more souls saved? You want to see more miracles? You want to see more signs and wonders? You want to see more? Oh, thank you, Lord. He says, then you need to ask for it. Ask ye, and I will bring these bright clouds. You know those bright clouds? You see them in the sky. You think, oh, those are pretty, but those aren't rain clouds. That just means it's going to be a nice day. But man, are my flowers, my garden, it's going to be in pain today because they need watering. He says those bright clouds that look like signs of growth, they look like signs that he's pouring out his spirit, but in actuality they are empty. He says, I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to give them showers of rain. What you thought was empty about HPPC in the past, God is providing for it. And he's pouring out rains, showers of rains. <laughs> oh, we don't have enough baptisms. Well, guess what? There's a cloud. God's going to fill with rain. Oh, not enough people are receiving the Holy Ghost. There's a cloud. God's about to fill it with showers of rain. We don't see enough people on the pews. There's a cloud. We're about to see showers of rain. We don't see enough miracles. Get ready. The rain clouds are changing where they were bright and white. Now they're going to be dark and gray because the rain is coming at HPPC. Oh, hallelujah. And every blade of grass is going to be impacted by this rain. Every blade of grass is going to feel the effects. This is where it turns from the church to individuals. 
I believe every person in this place, this doesn't mean your life is going to be perfect, but I believe every person in this place is going to be blessed because of your efforts at HPPC and the work we do together. It's going to bless you financially. It's going to bless you with hope and peace and joy and fulfillment in your personal. I don't know why I'm saying this. This is in my notes, but I'm feeling led by God. He's going to bring relationships to you. He's going to bring husbands and wives. He's going to bless you with children. These are things God spoke to me about last night. Hallelujah. He's going to do it in your life. Why? It's because you asked for the rain in the time of the latter rain, and you thought it was all about the church, but when God blesses the church, God blesses you, and God blesses me. Praise God. And I feel it, brothers and sisters. I hope I'm not alone up here. I know this isn't one of those sermons where you can get all excited because God's going to bless you and do this or do that. And I know this isn't an emotional sermon where, hallelujah, you run to the altar because you feel so bad about this or because you're so encouraged about that. But, oh, I hope that God puts a burden in us that says, I want you to have a part of the growth of HPPC. I want you to be involved And the number one way you can be involved is that you should ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. If all you can do the next month is commit to March Impact and fast all those days and commit to praying every day for the church. Oh, I'm here to tell you God's going to bless this church. He's going to break things wide open for HPPC. He's going to impact our city. Anybody else believe that here today? Anybody else claiming that here today? But what are we working toward, Pastor? I'm happy you asked because I feel like God gave me vision. If we could all stand here today. What are we praying for? Well, we're praying for the rain. We're praying for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're praying for people to be baptized in Jesus' name. We're praying for people's lives to be changed. We're praying for people to be set free from their addictions. We're praying for people to be set free from their shame and guilt of sin in their past. We're praying for community. We're praying that people could find a place where people love them, where people care about them. Oh, We're praying that this be a place where people can find the Lord. And that when they're out there in the darkness of this world, that light will shine upon them when they walk in this place. It'll be like a place of harbor, safe harbor from the world's activities. Hallelujah. But specifically, I felt God give me some redirect recently. We were at district conference, and please just bear with me for just one moment. We were at district conference, and the preacher began to preach. My wife testified about it a couple weeks ago. But he began to preach about dream again. As he preached, I felt the Lord stir in my heart. 
I felt the Lord begin to convict me. I felt the Lord show me that, yes, we've been seeing growth and God's been doing great things around here. That God says, Aaron, it's time for you to dream again. So I began to pray and say, God, what is it that you want to do at HPPC? What is the vision? What is the goal that we can work towards? What is it that you want us to focus on? And that is when God gave me a vision of two hands holding out an envelope to me from heaven. And I know that might sound crazy to you, but I'm telling you, God gave me this vision of two hands holding out an envelope to me from heaven. And I said, God, what is that? He said, if you will keep your eyes from looking to the left and to the right, I will give this to you at HPPC. And it wasn't to me individually, but our church. Hallelujah. If you want to take out that envelope, this right here, I'm not claiming this is going to happen in a week or a month or a year. I'm not setting any timeline on this. God's got it. But this is what we're working towards right here. This is what we're believing for right here. This is what I believe God says I'm going to give you. Hallelujah. I believe God said he's going to give us a hundred soul revival at HPPC. Hallelujah. That's not all that he's going to do. That's not the end. But I feel like God said, this is where I want HPPC to fix their eyes on. This is the goal I want them to focus on. Don't be content with 40 HPPC. Don't be content with 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. He says, I want you to work. I want you to pray in the time of the latter rain because I'm giving you a hundred. Hallelujah. I'm giving you a hundred soul revival. And I pray it happens now. I pray it happens quickly. But if it doesn't, we're going to keep taking this into the Lord, into the prayer room, and pray again. God, you said if we ask for rain in time of the latter rain, that you would give. Oh, I'm wondering right now if you could bring your, your envelope with your paper down to this altar. And you could come down here and you could find a place to pray. And then you'd call on the Lord. And you'd say, Lord, help us not to be distracted to the left or distracted to the right. But help us, Lord Jesus. We are asking for the rain in the time of the latter rain. We're asking for the outpouring of your spirit. We're asking for a hundred souls to be changed. 